Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, this is Carol. I'm looking at... Hello, this is uh, James Lowe calling uh, John for his radio interview. Is he there by any chance? Yes, sir. Um, he is standing right next to me. Should I give you the landline? Let me take down your information and also I'm going to hand the phone to him in a minute, but this is his cell phone. Would you rather a landline? Uh, no, this this is this is fine. You, you sound you sound okay. fantastic on here. This is the best oh, cell good. phone I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> okay, okay. Hold on and let me hand it to him. Not a problem. Not a problem. I appreciate it. James, how are you? Hey, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'll tell you, whatever. It sounds good because you have a voice for radio. Oh, well, you. have you. the voice for radio, and some people might say that I have the appearance for radio. Well, I, I you know, that that it happens. It happens, my friend. We have got a, a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast, and uh, we are going to bring in Don Mazzella, our uh, co-host as well here and uh we are going to be chatting with uh, a great great author and uh so john first of all bring us up to speed on your book how's it been doing and uh, uh just bring us up to speed on everything while i get don here on the line okay well listen uh james it's such a privilege to be with you on the show this book really started as an article i saw that President Trump was in there trying to make a difference, trying to take on the entrenched Washington establishment. He was not the favorite of any of the presidents of the last 25 years. He wasn't supported by the Bushes, the Obamas, or the Clintons, and really took them on. And I believe really called them on the carpet yeah. for the policies that they had made, which are against and adverse and hostile to the best interest of working Americans. I don't have to bore you with the details. But well, we, 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 will, we will get into that. We've, we're joined by our, our co-host Don Mazzella as well here on Talk America Live. And um, so, so our guest, John, John, go ahead and uh, give us a brief introduction on yourself and tell us a little about your book, my friend. Well, uh, I'm John Milkovich. I live in Louisiana, uh, live in Keithville, and uh, a country lawyer. I guess that's a good way of saying it. And uh, I um, I write a book that's based upon a lot of research of other people, and we want to give them all the credit. And, and, well, God the credit and praise and honor and glory, but also want to acknowledge that our book about Robert Mueller is predicated so heavily upon the research findings and discoveries of federal agents, cops, law enforcement officers, soldiers, veterans, families of 9-11 victims. And, you know, we, we have a tendency to criticize federal agents in the FBI and CIA. And, and honestly, there's been more than enough corruption to go around in those federal agencies. But the powerful and encouraging thing is that in our book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order, so often it's federal agents that are the ones that are the heroes. They're the whistleblowers. They're the ones that are telling us what's really going on behind the scenes. And they're discoveries and research and their willingness to speak out are were powerful building blocks that that we relied upon so heavily in trying to reconstruct Robert Mueller's career in the Department of Justice and the FBI. Now uh, now Don, I know you've got some questions for John here about his great book. Uh, absolutely, but first I want to make two comments if I may. First, you know when when a guy says I'm just a country lawyer, that's when you back off and call for your Wall Street lawyers. Um, oh, hey, that, well, in, in Keithville, we say that one country lawyer is worth ten Wall Street lawyers. Um, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. But uh, uh, for, from what I've heard about your reputation, um, just take that as a joke. Uh, to, uh, uh, okay. Uh, the second point is, you know, you say 
Um, it's unfortunate. The FBI and the CIA both suffer. We always hear about their failures, but we never hear about their successes. Um, you, you know, um, uh, the, there was just a CIA agent who died recently who managed to uh, provide camouflage for uh, our Moscow agents, etc., so I, um, I just want to uh, would like to just say at this point, we always hear about their failures, but we oftentimes don't hear about their successes. But um, and I, uh, I look look forward to your book because um, um, uh, I guess my first question is, what are the two or three um, uh, things that uh, most hit you? Uh, putting together book, the book together about uh, Special Prosecutor um, uh, Mueller. Well, Don, the, the, the investigation of the Pan Am 103 bombing really was a tsunami. I had heard about it and heard some troubling things about it over the years, but doing this book, finding out that Robert Mueller engineered the federal investigation, the, the bombing of Pan Am 103, caused me to look in and try to drill deep. And just to give you the, the quick flyover in uh, December of 1988, a flight Pan Am 103 takes off from London, headed to America, gets blown up in midair over Lockerbie, Scotland, 270 people die. The Again, let's talk about a federal agent, an ex-CIA or maybe even a present CIA agent came and said, look, it was well known almost immediately in the international intelligence community and by United States American Federal Intelligence Agency, who had done the crime. It was Ahmed Jabril who had the bomb built. He was a Palestinian terrorist that was paid by the Iranians. We had Monsar Alcazar, who was a Syrian drug dealer, who, with the help of the CIA, uh, helped get a – actually, Alcazar helped get the bomb on board the plane, and he had been trafficking drugs with protection of the CIA from the Mideast into America. He was actually bringing heroin into America. And then there was crooked CIA officials. Don and, and James, that knew that the flight was taken off with a lethal cargo. They still gave the flight and local agents on the ground the green light said, look, just let it go. So they basically signed off on a mass murder in midair. And Robert Mueller came in, and Jabril, the terrorist who had the bomb built, he gets, gets off scot-free. Alcazar, the guy who helped get the bomb on board, he gets the pass. The crooked CIA officials they get a get-out-of-jail-free card. And as is Mueller's method and characteristic, he, as he's letting the guilty murderers off the hook, murderers and terrorists, he scapegoats a couple of living intelligence officers who had about as much to do with the bombing as two PE teachers in Des Moines, Iowa. That is one of many cover-ups. And I think maybe if we were going to focus on two or three other highlights, Robert Mueller played a large role in covering up 9-11, the largest terrorist attack on American soil in American history. Within days of the attack, he was going, he was shifted to warp speed and helping orchestrate flights to get the bin Ladens and the Saudis out of America so they could not be questioned, interrogated, or investigated about their role in 9-11. We all know now that the Saudis helped bankroll the the hijackers, and he did other things. He would send minders to federal hearings on 9-11 to intimidate witnesses and whistleblowers. He demoted agents that spoke out. He promoted agents that hewed to the company line. He tried to stop investigators from questioning. He actually did stop congressional investigators from questioning a paid FBI informant who provided lodging network logistical support for two of the hijackers. And he continued the cover-up for as long as he was in the FBI, covering up the Saudi involvement in the 9-11 attacks. We could talk about anthrax. He targeted an innocent guy who ended up committing suicide, Dr. Bruce Ivins, with the scientific evidence showed that Ivins did not have the capability, didn't have the technical know-how, didn't have the laboratory capability, didn't have the time, didn't have the staff to produce the highly weaponized anthrax that was used in the attack. Dr. Bruce Ivins ended up dead. And he ended up, the timing of his death was very fortuitous for Mueller. He died just as Mueller's investigation was slated to fix the public or slated to face the public and judicial scrutiny of a legal proceeding. Of course, the official story is Dr. Bruce Ivins committed suicide. 
not everyone's confident in that assessment. Um, I guess maybe one other thing, if you all don't cut me off, is Robert Mueller is one. I don't want anyone. I don't want to hear anyone say that he's a patriot. Robert Mueller lobbied Congress to trash the Fourth Amendment and authorize a surveillance state in America, whereby the federal government now spies on all of the telephonic and digital communications, email, text, fax, email searches, internet searches, email communication of every law-abiding American citizen. So. And now, now we now we've entrusted him to figure out what's going on with the presidency and Russian collusion. I don't see a track record that gives him any credibility. Hmm. Well, that was a mouthful. Okay, but my question is: uh, uh, given all of that, who's he working for? Oh, well, that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Why don't you guys ask me some easier? Qu- Listen, you know, it's the deep state. Who is that? I mean. And, and do we as Americans fully understand who the deep state is? I don't fully understand it. I mean, my and I'm going to turn that around. Who do you all really characterize and identify to find to be the deep state that's supporting Mueller? You know, you know uh, I have no answer for it because uh, I never fully understand what we mean by the deep state. I know we want to think that um, there's somehow... Uh, a conspiracy working of of people, uh, cabal of some sort, but um, you know, uh, there's Mueller, there's other people. We always have these um, uh, uh, these uh, figures that we put up there and say they're the deep state, state. and uh, um, and we would like to believe that. We Americans have believed in in uh, 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 conspiracies since George Washington's. Time, um, but I can't give you an answer. I don't know if Jiggy can, but but, but uh, you know it comes in the same way with the Oswald. Show me two people in the same room, and I, I believe you, and I understand. But uh, but again, we we're not finding at least as I'm not, and I turn to you for, to ask the question. Um, where what what do the conspirators want to do? Do they want to undermine America and go to a dictatorship of the right or a dictatorship of the left? Uh, what's their ultimate aim? Hey, and again, it is a great question. And, and I would ask, I would answer your question with the question to some extent. If well, you sound like a politician. Hey, there you go. How did you know I was in the legislature? <laughs> let, let me say this. We, we get caught up, and I think it's a shell game that some in the mainstream media and some in, in academia and colleges and the thought police get us confused and divided and the, there's right and there's left. Look, there's freedom and then there's anti-freedom from my perspective. There's Bible and then there's evil and the devil and all that stuff. And, you know, whether you, you call it right or left, I mean, we have a tendency to call Adolf Hitler a right-wing fascist. Well, I mean, you can use that terminology, but actually he was a socialist. And if you really drill down, he did exactly the same thing that a lot of the same things that Stalin and Mao Zedong did. He wiped the law off the books, became a law unto himself, and murdered anyone who opposed him and tortured him and interned him in concentration camps. So I guess I'm not real big on the right-left. But to really get to your point that you asked is, are the people that are behind Mueller the same ones that want America to go down the tubes? My short answer is yes. If you will recall, when President Trump gave his inaugural address, he specifically took on the power brokers in America, including, and this is my interpretation of it, I've I've studied the the transcript of his inauguration, and in fact, my, my understanding from reading the transcript was the same understanding that I got from him. He would say, there are, he basically said in so many words, and I'm giving you the Keithville interpretation. He said, there are people on this platform, y'all been giving each other high fives, you've been toasting, you've been congratulating yourselves and slapping each other on the back and high-fiving over victories that were your victories, but not the victories of the people. You were celebrating victories that enriched you and brought you victories and gave you success and your wealthy friends and your people 
that are trying to buy government. But they did not help the American working people. And if you talk about President Trump's political history and the tapestry of his policies, we're talking about trade policies, or excuse me, trade agreements in which America comes in last every single time for about 25 years or more. We're talking about not just immigration. We all believe in some level of immigration, but we're talking about weaponized immigration where people that want to see the downfall of America are trying to push drug traffickers, terrorists, and violent criminals onto American soil. We're talking about President Trump taking a stand against abortion and the baby killers. True, I have not heard anyone say that President Trump grew up in Sunday school, but isn't it ironic that President Trump, out of all of the presidents of the last quarter century, has taken the strongest stance against killing babies of any president in the United States. So he, st he stood against abortion. He stood against the horrific, disastrous trade deals. He stood up against weaponized immigration. He stood up against destroying our borders. He stood up against the United Nations scheme to make America answerable and under the control of foreign dictatorships and international governing bodies. So those are the people that don't like President Trump. And it includes the Bushes, the Obamas, and Clintons. That's going to offend some people. But I'm sorry. Those are the very people that have opposed him. Well, that's a mouthful. Um, you know, and I mean that positively. Don't, don't take it. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, um, you, you know, uh, and by the way, you said it a lot better than I did. You're the one that said are these the people that want America to go down the tube? So that's what I should have said. I should have just said, yes, you're right. Well, you know, again, we're try uh, on this program, we kind of try to bring bring things to light. Uh, uh, I certainly don't know all the answers. But uh, given President Trump is the first president in 25 years that actually redeemed every one of his uh, campaign promises except the wall, and he seems to be doing there. We'll all agree to that, okay? And, and it's interesting. Um, if I were to go on a program and talk about it, as I do on other programs, I would be, talk about this, uh, exactly what you said, but in a slightly different tone, uh, t tones and uh, 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 outline. Uh, you... you uh, <laughs> We all agree on the uh, fundamentals. We just agree uh, on what, what drives the fundamentals, if I'm hearing you correctly. I, uh, I think I'm a lot older than you are, and so I'll put on my old hat. And I, was, uh, I grew up at a time when this, this country was the, the number one in the world. And uh, as uh, General, uh, General Powell said, all we ever asked for from people where it was territory to bury our dead, uh, which tells you what the country was and is, I think, still to this yeah. point. Um, you know, um, wh whether there's a cabal, you, you know, um, I'm listening to you, and I, I urge you to go back and, and hear the speeches of Father Conklin, who's, who was railing against uh, President Roosevelt, and uh, what struck me, wow. I, happened, um, I happened to have heard one of his speeches the other night, and exactly what you just said, he was saying. Oh, now, my this goodness. is 1936. Okay? Oh, my goodness. Okay? And, and FDR actually was worried whether he uh, uh, could turn around. He and Huey Long, who I know you from being from Louisiana, you know. Um, sure. But. But, you know, um, uh, I, I don't know. If I listen to IQ on Jiggy's program, um, I get scared to death about the Sharia law and et cetera. I'm listening to you, and um, you make a very credible case, and I, uh, I want to uh, uh, commend you for it. I just don't, uh, maybe I'm just uh, too old to be as uh, shrill about it and as worried as you are. But is it possible that what we have are, are simply contending forces? And but right now, uh, thanks to uh, the incivility in Washington, we're seeing a uh, uh, greater schism. 
But isn't this what we've been uh, facing for the last 75 years? Well, yeah, and I think you asked several large questions that I won't be able to answer. I, I, I will say this, that I understand there's a very partisan, we're in a, living in an era of very partisan wrangling between the political parties in, in Washington. I suggest, and I believe, that there's more to it. A very prominent American, and if I said his name, everyone, both of you would know, and everyone listening would probably know immediately who I was talking about. I don't have permission to repeat his name in the context of this quote by him, so I won't. But a very prominent American recently said that there's really two political parties in America, and it's not the Democrats and the Republicans. By the way, this is someone who's right in the middle of this scrum, this scrimmage, this in the trenches at the line of scrimmage of this war that's going on in Washington between Mueller and Trump. And, and he said this, the real two parties are not the Republicans and the Democrats. It's really the Christian patriot versus the one-world socialist. And I believe, Don and, and Jim, and, and y'all can certainly disagree with me and point out to the listeners how I'm missing the mark, but my, my wife and daughter do that a lot to me at home. But... I believe this is more than just ordinary incivility, dispute, people getting up on the wrong side of the bed and being in a bad mood all day. I believe that this really is an effort by some people that want America under, their, under the thumb of the globalist international financiers and wheeler dealers that do not want an independent America, that want to be able to continue to economically exploit America, that want to be able to control America, that want to be able to take America's resources, that want to be able to use America as a consumer market without caring whether America has a corresponding production sector or an economy. I think there's people that want to take the wealth of America and but don't respect our traditions. And I think that's what's going on. And I guess, yeah, if you want to boil it down, yes, you can – say that I am a supporter of President Trump? Is he perfect? No. Has he made mistakes? Yes. But is he fighting for America? I believe the answer, if we get honest, whether you're Republican, Democrat, black, white, liberal, because I think really if we get real honest, he really is fighting for America. He won't get an argument um, from, from me. I don't know about Jiggy. I can't speak for him. But, but uh, I, I couldn't agree more. But I, I will temper it by simply saying, I don't care who you are, uh, with the possible exception of George Washington, when they walk into that Oval Office, something happens. And, you know, you can talk about it, but as, you know, George Washington, if you recall, after two terms said, I'm going back to the farm. <laughs> you know? Yes. You know? Yep. That, that's what King George said. You mean he went back to his farm? And, and uh, but we've not seen that. President Obama, former President Obama, he doesn't know what to do with himself uh, because you know now you know uh, now now he's no longer president. And no one cares about him, you know. And, and uh, Pres uh, President Trump, um, I personally believe he will not go for a second term. But that's my my opinion. Um, oh my goodness! Uh, that now that's a prediction. I hadn't heard that one before. Well, uh, uh, really, if you if you're President Trump, with all this guff, you know you, you said you were going to do five things, like President Polk. If you study American history, and uh, you know uh, you talk you talk uh, look at it, great men say enough is enough. You know, uh, Don, you have some great points. I love. Uh, Jimmy, you need to bring this guy on more often. We can have some more discussion. I love what you're saying about history. Father Conklin and George Washington saying, I'm out of here uh, after two terms. And George Washington was president of the Continental Congress. He was president of the United States. He was the commander-in-chief of American forces. And Jimmy and Don, you all know enough history to know that Believe it or not, early on in the Revolutionary War, there was a significant faction that was believing he was militarily incompetent 
He then went on to distinguish himself as one of the greatest generals in the last 500, really, world history. What he did in the Revolutionary War, leading a ragtag Continental Army that successfully defeated the the most powerful military machine in the world, is is beyond really comprehension in our our modern world. But I really, I I think I believe. Now I may be wrong. I believe that President Trump's not only going to run for a re-election, I believe he's going to fight for re-election, and I believe he's going to do it because he understands the battle line. He really understands that he was the only one, and of course, the Lord always, but God, um, he, he understood that he was the one that stood between America and President Hillary Clinton. He understands that the same people that are after him there, it's ultimately not about him. It's about America. They want to take America down the tubes. And that's the point so beautifully made by Dr. Jerome Kersey in Killing the Deep State. He says, look, it's not just Trump they want. It's America. They want our wealth. They want our freedom. They hate our Judeo-Christian beliefs. They hate our, our adherence and reverence for the Ten Commandments. They hate our insistence upon our constitutional freedom. President Trump, I believe, is going to run because he understands that if he lets Schumer and Romney and Mueller rule the day, that that could spell a serious historical setback for America. And honestly, it would be one from which it would be very difficult to recover because these people, they're really after our freedoms. When you talk about a Robert Mueller, he lied to Congress. You know, he's, he's prosecuting for people for lying to federal agents about this or that, or they get one detail wrong. There's, they've been in uh, hours of conversations and looking for one inconsistency between three or four hours of congressional testimony and conversation that happened with a federal agent. For, the, the real big, one of the big lies is Robert Mueller went under oath to Congress and said, look, we need a, a surveillance state in America, in so many words. We need to spy on the American people. Every single telephonic digital conversation. And we need to spy on the conversation of every law-abiding American, even if they've never done anything wrong. And so, number one, he was wanting to dismantle our freedom and create a surveillance state, but he also want, lobbied for it with the lie that we had no advance warnings of 9-11, and we really needed this surveillance spy state to prevent 9-11, and if we would have had it, we would have prevented 9-11, and we needed to prevent another 9-11, all lies. In fact, not only did we have warnings about 9-11 before 9-11 occurred, we had an avalanche of warnings of 9-11 before 9-11, and that's not just John Milkovich saying it. It's not even just the independent researchers, bloggers, and investigators saying it. The mainstream media has reported all of these many, many warnings, and it wasn't from crackpots. It was from veterans like David Graham. It was investigators. It was federal agents that told them. And when Mueller went public and said we had absolutely no advance warning in 9-11, he was called, his, his hand was called by Colleen Rowley, who was a special agent with the FBI later, I think it was Time Magazine 2002 co-person of the year. She said in so many words, he just fibbed to the American public. We, we, had, a, we had a tidal wave of warnings. It wasn't that we didn't have any warnings. It's that the then George W. Bush White House ignored them for whatever reason, and the top executive brass of the federal intelligence agencies ignored them. Can I see? I jump in here. So you know, uh, hindsight is great. Uh, a Monday morning quarterback never lost a game. Okay, you know, you know that. And um, if if you look at all of those warnings, it's the same way that the the, the ultras. Um, in World War II, uh, uh, predicted the uh, the Pearl Harbor attack, but they ignored it. Okay, but you know you're sitting here, and, and uh, by the way, I don't disagree with you, Mueller. All I'm trying to say is you can have an avalanche of, of warnings, but if you take the warnings and ignore them, the Germans had warning of the Normandy invasion, and and they totally ignored it. Uh, 
um, uh, they, they totally ignored it. Uh, that intelligence group uh, wrote back to Berlin and said they're going to be there June 6th at Normandy Beachhead, and the German uh, general staff ignored it. You, you know, uh, um, I sit here uh, sometimes and I listen to people talk about, well, this should have, if they'd seen this, they, they would have done that. But the point is, you don't. You know, um, uh, my, my wife always says, I, I uh, never see a dirty dish. And they're right. You know, um, uh, uh, I just w- want to put it in perspective. I'm not arguing with it. Mueller is not my favorite person. I think he's uh, stre- uh, stretched out this investigation because he's never really found that. It, he hasn't found, I keep coming back to it. Put me, show me two people in the same room together, and I'll believe a conspiracy. But before you go any further, do you really, do you have a series or an Amazon uh, thing in your house? You know that. that. Uh, do I? I'm sorry. You're. you're uh, say that again, um, Don. I'm not sure if I understood your question. You know the, this. The, you know Siri or the, the these Amazon cubes that the, uh, you ask them a question, it gives you an answer. Do you have one in your oh, hand? I think I, I think I may have one on my phone, and I no, 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 you don't have one. Yeah, well, but there, there's a little cube now that you buy, okay? No, oh, I, I don't have that. I do not have that. Well, you're lucky because you know what? When you even if you turn it off, it hears what you're saying in your in your house, and they they sold. I think it's 25 million of them. That means 25 million. Uh, households in America now have a device that listens even when it's shut off. Yeah, okay? that's not good. Now, you know, uh, uh, I think you should rail against that because you're moving to the uh, uh, the 1984 state uh, state where people can look look at you. The next step is they're going to be able to turn on your television or turn on your computer and turn on that uh a camera in your computers, computer, so I can see you. Oh, we have a lot well, of. It, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're the guest. Well, if, if, if I can respond, I think what you're saying is, look, everything's clear. Respect. Uh, I could buy, you know, that 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 argument would have more resonance, or excuse me, more resonance with me. But for, it's not just a matter that there was a bunch of warnings. It's that they were ignored, and Mueller lied about them. He literally said they had no warnings. Why would he lie about that if they weren't substantive? And, in fact, the mainstream media has been the ones that have largely reported, and it's been FBI agents that have talked about it. And, uh, yes, federal agents have talked about it. So, number one, he lied about it. He didn't tell the truth. Number two is federal agents that have told us about the federal warnings. Number three, it was the top brass that ignored it. And number four, attorney Larry Clayman is representing a couple FBI agents that were uh, investigating uh, a terrorist attack on American soil that culminated in 9-11, and they wanted one of their Muslim co-agents to go undercover and get evidence because they could tell something was building, and the FBI not only did not investigate this Muslim agent that refused to wear wire on his uh, fellow Muslims to get evidence that would help us stop 9-11, they, these federal agents got demoted. They're no longer in the FBI. They went ahead and sued the FBI because they got drummed out of service because they blow, blew the whistle. And Colleen Rowley, again, she's another example. So... It's not just that, well, you know, we're so smart in retrospect. There's more to it. It's that we have the warnings. Mueller lied about them. He lied about the warnings to go ahead and create the pretext for a surveillance state where you and I are now being spied on and our conversations be recorded by some federal technological apparatus and that the, the federal agents that were doing the investigation got blackballed. Well, that, it won't be the first time that the little man got hurt. Because uh, I understand what you're saying, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 very very distressing that he would lie about that. And of course, Mueller, if we want to talk about his credibility, he also stated that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. Who did he tell that to? Congress. Uh, in what context did he say it? Under oath. So here he is prosecuting people whose memories on multiple statements, there may be some contradictions or conflicts between the contents of statements they made at different times to different people on specific details, and he tells this massive untruth that led to the war in Iraq that's cost $1.7 trillion, scores of thousands of Iraqi civilians have been killed, 4,500 American soldiers came home uh, in casket, tragically, uh, sadly, uh, um, great loss of life, and on top of it, the conservative military estimates are that 32,000 of these American soldiers came back with injuries. And Huffington Post says, look, if you really want to talk about all of the soldiers that came back from what started as the war in Iraq, that, that came back with injuries, he says it's more like hundreds of thousands of American soldiers got wounded. If you consider post-traumatic stress syndrome, brain injuries, hearing loss, chronic disease. So he is wanting to put people in prison because they can't remember the details or there may be some detailed conflict in one of many, many statements. And he made a false statement to Congress under oath that helped lead to war. And the last time I saw any data on it, the total, numbers, the total number of weapons of mass destruction found in Iraq is zero. Are you there? Yes, I am. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> uh, we've got Don Mazzella with us today. We've also got our special guest. And uh, where, where do we find your book, my friend? Uh, James, thank you so much. And by the way, you and Don are doing a great job. I think Don's wearing me out, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I just I feel so strongly that we're at a critical point in, in, in history, and I think it's more than just the usual backbiting that goes on in Congress. I think this is so serious. But in any event, our book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order, uh, James and Don, it, it can be obtained at robertmuellerarrandboy.com. That's robertmuellerarrandboy.com or on a... Um, at Amazon. Hmm. Uh, Jiggy, could I jump in uh, with, a, with a question? You know, I've always uh, believed that uh, um, great people uh, come to the, this uh, republic at critical times. And while uh, uh, many in the media will disagree with me, um, uh, I have a feeling that, uh, that uh, Donald Trump may be such a person. What do you think about that? Yes. That's it? <laughs> it's, yes, it, that's it. John, it's hard to improve on perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is far from perfect. Um, uh, but you know what? But, uh, your, all... but your statement was perfect. Your statement was absolutely perfect. It's entirely biblical. Um, well, if you look, if you look at the uh, this republic, we've we've at the critical moments, someone has come forward, man. Before I used to say men until I got uh, uh, rallied against uh, uh, on a program. Men and women have come forward and uh, shown what is great about this country. Um, the the unfortunate part I think right now is. Is that uh, we have uh, pygmies l uh, leading us? Uh, I'd like you to comment, if you uh, if you wouldn't mind, about uh, a governor of Virginia who says that uh, just as the baby is born, he or she can be aborted. Isn't that scary? Oh gosh, w w what an abomination before God! This baby killing is is an absolute. It's genocide, and you know I'm a little bit old school. And I, tell you, guys, I can tell you guys have great Christian American values, emphasis on the word Christian. To me, 
Aborting the baby is murder. It's, it's absolutely simple. We have been brainwashed, indoctrinated, and led down this liberal path of misinformation and pro mental programming and psychic numbing and spiritual cataracts and losing our true north moral compass to the point where killing a baby is not murder. It's just terminating a pregnancy or it's just choice or it's standing up for women's reproductive health or a woman's freedom. I mean, it just it's disgraceful. It's absolutely Orwellian, Orwellian, the terminology that we use to hide from ourselves the fact that abortion is murder and that we're systematically indoctrinating the people in all of these bogus concepts and mental constructs, mental constructs and worldviews. How did we ever get to the point where we believe that aborting a baby is not murder? Where did we ever get the point? Where, where did, how did we ever get to the point where we believe that women should be weaponized to be enemies hostile to their own babies that they're carrying in their own womb? When did, how did we ever get to the point where we lost the true definition of a mother as someone who nurtures and fights and even willing to die for their children. How did, it, it's, anyway. No, but to me what's really scary is we have the governor of a major state, a successor to Thomas Jefferson, saying it's okay. That to me is even worse. It's, it's so disappointing. But, you know, uh, James and Don, that's all the more reason why you all need to continue your work, continue to fight, continue to stand up for justice. The Bible says to know to do right and not do it is sin. By speaking out, you're standing up for innocent blood, and according to the Bible that I read, that means everything to the Christ. Well, you, you don't need a Bible to know what's right and wrong when, when it comes to some things like this. Well, it helps me. I think it helps the world. because You know, ultimately, I'm going to say that our sense of right and wrong does come from God and the Bible. And even sometimes when we don't trace it to specific scripture, I, I feel like the Bible. Abraham Lincoln said that. George Washington believed that. Many of our presidents have proclaimed that, that there is a true true north moral compass, and it's not just for America, it's for the whole world. I believe that God is absolutely um, heartbroken over the, the Muslim women and children and men that were brutalized and sexually abused and tortured and executed by ISIS. I believe that he cares. And this is a real irony about Donald Trump. He, oh, he doesn't care about the Muslims. Tell me any president in the last 25 years that has taken on terrorists in order to protect peace-loving Muslims that just want to bring their children up in peace and freedom and have hope for a better future. The other presidents didn't care. In fact, according to some, and I'm not an expert on this, according to some, past administrations helped build ISIS by providing them money and strategic training and weapons. There are, there are um, scholarly, highly educated, very knowledgeable military and international affairs analysts who proclaim, who assert that past administrations really helped create ISIS. Well, they helped create them, and ISIS was not just a threat to get to America, they were murdering and sexually assaulting people in the Mideast, and who was the president that stood up and said, we are going to destroy him? My, my next question is, when are you going to go out on the campaign trail? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Don, I'm, uh, I serve in the Louisiana Senate. I'm so honored. It's, it's a great, uh, humbled and honored to have that privilege. Uh, I am uh, facing re-election fall of this year. So but we, we feel like every day is a great opportunity to try to, 
talk to and connect with the people of our district and we're um i'm just so blessed that the uh i'm not worthy to represent the people that i do but my goodness they're just some of the greatest people in america i represent a very strong faith district and as you know when you really drill down faith cuts across racial lines and economic lines and demographic and ethnic lines and faith really instills in us patriotism and reverence for family and hard work i i, I always quote uh, harry truman he said he always thought the president was a servant of the people and when he left the white house he thought he got promoted oh my goodness that's a great statement now, if you that think about great. it you know, to, um, I, I'm. You know, I've covered politicians for 50 years, and oh, I have goodness. a, uh, I have a, the real uh, uh, questions about it. You know, I was a young reporter, um, and uh, I covered my first campaign in Carney, New Jersey, and I couldn't understand how a man spent six thousand uh, dollars for an office uh, that paid just two thousand. Until um, I found out uh, years later that he he was convicted of bribery. I'm not saying that about you, but uh, I've always had a kind of um, um, disbelief. Well, yeah, ahead. and let, let me sure and and listen. You don't get the, the the pay in to serve in the Louisiana legislature is not great by some standards, but the rewards are are wonderful. But I cannot remember the last time I participated in a public interview and someone cited the teachings and perspectives of Father Conklin. I must commend you. That is quite extraordinary, Don. Well, he was big down there in your neck of the woods. Uh, uh, I've always liked Louisiana. It's a great, it's a great state. Um, uh, people forget um, that they always think of New Orleans, but there's a lot of other places. What part of uh, Louisiana do you uh, serve? Uh, Don, I live in North Louisiana. I live in Keithville, and I represent a portion of Northwest Louisiana, uh, Shreveport, and South and West Caddo Parish, and DeSoto Parish. But but I'm not sure what the transition point is, but. But, Don, I think we may be letting James get off the hook here a little bit. James, I think we need, Don and I need to gang up on James for just a minute and ask him a tough question. And, and James, we want a reasoned explanation, like an es a verbal essay. Is Donald Trump going to run for re-election, James? I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I think Are you kidding me? I no? think he's going to get to the convention and he's going to say, you guys, I've done all I can do. You guys have fun with Pence. We'll see you later. Yes, I, 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 I believe that. And you know why? Because why, for one thing, the second term of most presidents, and, and President Obama is the best and latest example, is usually a useless term. Name me uh, one uh, president except Harry Truman. And most of Harry Truman's successes were in his first term. Yes. Uh, uh, if you if you analyze it, and, and I've I've t uh, heard presidential scholars say the same thing. Why in a second term? You know, um, uh, I, and I firmly believe that Donald Trump will triumph in a, a many of uh, his his tasks, including building the wall. I don't know if you saw today. That some Democrats are saying, well, maybe we'll give him some money. You know, uh, it's like every other program. Once you give him some money, down the road they'll give him a lot more. And there you, you know, go. You know, so uh, the, the wall is necessary. Um, and uh, if you you look at the polls, apparently he's done very well from his State of the Union address. You know. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing is they talk about the, quote, the chaos in the White House. But that's how uh, that's how he's always run his business. And uh, if he runs the, the, the country as well as he ran his business, we'll be okay. Hey, that's a good point. 
Well, guys, I yeah, I appreciate your perspectives. I really want to believe that he's going to run for re-election, and it's not just because of what he can accomplish, but I don't want Team Hillary in the White House uh, two years from now. I can tell you that much. Well, there there is that. Uh, as we wrap up here, uh, John. Uh, well, first of all, let's start with Don. Don, where where can we get your books and uh, and and everything else, my friend? Um, uh, uh, com, uh, uh to SB Digest, and the hashtag SB Digest, and you know my favorite charity, the National Repo- Robotics Education. Foundation, yes, the NREF.org. Those are the places. Now, now, John, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, where do we get your books, get involved with you, everything else? Thank you so much, James. Uh, James, our book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Du Bois for the New World Order, that can be uh, obtained at robertmuellerarrandboy.com. That's robertmuellerarrandboy.com or Amazon. And thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. I've just enjoyed it so much, and I think we've covered about 275 years of history in <laughs> about 45 minutes. You guys good. Yes, yes, it's it's definitely been fun. Uh, and, and thank you for being with us, John. Thank you, Don, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, Don. And John, I definitely will talk to you down the road. Thank you, man. You got it. Look forward to it, James. And Mr. Don, I also enjoyed your historical perspective so much i really thanks guys for letting me participate definitely we enjoyed it we'll uh we'll talk to everybody soon thank you guys and uh that is that that wraps it up here from talk america live with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.